Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Selmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, always socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 59. We appreciate you being here today. Coming up on this episode, Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden and Grill. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic spread continues its decline in Mansfield. Keep taking the precautions. U.S. Congressman representing Mansfield dies from COVID-19. Off-duty Mansfield police officer seriously injured in a traffic accident. More names added to the school board ballot. Feed the need, prove Proves to be an overwhelming success for local charity. We'll spend a moment with the mayor and talk about a city intern program honoring a Mansfield police officer and how the council is helping save big bucks for the citizens of our city. Every golfer knows that they're supposed to replace their divots, but what if the divots are in the garage? I'm home improvement specialist Terry Ratswin, and I'll talk about that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. We start a new weekly feature today, Are You Thirsty? It's the cocktail of the week, and Brian Certain steps up and sets the table. Alexa has our seven-day weather forecast, and just in time for Valentine's Day, Steve gathers up a group of hungry friends and talks about six tacos in six days. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Did you know Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Interested in becoming a nurse? Earn your bachelor's in nursing at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more at swau.edu. 
Hi, I'm MISD School Board President Courtney Lackey-Wilson, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be slowly declining, but remains prevalent in Mansfield. Roving Science reporter Dennis Webb has the update. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. On Monday, February 8th, Tarrant County reported 6,432 Mansfieldians as having tested positive, 5,200 243 are estimated to have recovered, and 96 citizens have died since the start. We had 338 new cases this past week, our fourth week of decline in this indicator, a good thing. The county estimates that we now have 1,189 active cases, also lower than recent weeks. This is the number of fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another person if both are not following county-recommended protective measures. We had five new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, same as the week before, and below our record high of 15 happened a month ago. I look forward to when we get back to a time before December when we would see zero or only one fellow citizens die from the epidemic in a given week. We appear to be on a bad plateau. Mansfield ISD reports 76 new staff cases and 163 new student cases this last week. The new student cases number is a record high for a week since we've been watching this data. If you have kids in school, I encourage you to watch the details for each school on the MI ISD website. At Mansfield Methodist Hospital last week, the number of COVID-19 patients dropped from 127 to 108. This is a second week of decline, a good trend, and it's consistent with a local decline in new cases. The number of COVID patients in the intensive care unit beds increased from 18 to 20, still below our record high of 29 that we saw in Mansfield Methodist at the start of January. The decline from the peak is good, but there are 20 Mansfield families with a loved one in the ICU. And from my experience, having a loved one in the ICU is an awful experience, and some loved ones do not survive. It's awful, and I hope you never have to experience this. I'm still not able to see reporting from our new hospital, Texas Health, over on Lone Star Road, but news reports indicate they have had some COVID-19 patients, but are not operating anywhere near full capacity. Looking at the county-wide numbers for larger context, Tarrant County averaged 1,678 new cases each day. This is the fourth week of falling numbers since the peak during the first week of January. Though it looks like a new plateau, which is a bad thing. It's good we're no longer going up bad, but uh, it it looks like we're having a, we're on a plateau. Test positivity rate of the test, how many are positive, has continued several weeks of decline, is now 16%, a good thing, but still it indicates that there are a lot more people out there carrying the virus than are known. Countywide hospitalization with the virus has continued to decline with last week's average value of 1,032 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus. This is the lowest hospitalization we have seen since October. These numbers include those for Mansfield Methodist Hospital. The county reported 290 deaths this past week, the third week with a record new high. Peaks in fatalities during an epidemic usually lag hospitalization peaks, so in the coming weeks we might expect to see the weekly fatalities decline. This hoped-for decline has not happened this week, though. The county's estimate of effective reproduction number of the virus spread, called R sub T, is in its third week below 1.0, currently at 0.88. 
a reduction in how effective the virus is at spreading. Four weeks ago, it was 1.22 when we were on a, uh, a scary spike. Recall what this 0.88 means. If 100 fellow citizens have the virus this week, the county expects them to infect another 88 citizens. When this number gets closer to zero, it means the virus has stopped spreading. Regarding vaccinations, Tarrant County reported over 18,000 citizens were vaccinated this past week, a decline from the previous week, a product of the still erratic national supply chain. This brings a total in the county to almost 123,000 persons who have gotten at least one shot. Over 15,000 have received the second shot. This is progress, but it still represents only 1% of Tarrant's citizens that have the second shot. Progress, but still a long way to go. My wife and I signed up with the county on starting our fifth week of waiting. Some friends and neighbors have got their first and a few their second shot. I recommend patience, but it's hard. Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register to get the vaccination and continues to request that we follow his recommended measures of masking, distancing, hand washing, avoiding crowds, stay home if you can until the numbers get a lot better. We are still under his emergency declaration. While we see good trends, it does not mean that we are anywhere close to stopping the epidemic. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. The first sitting U.S. congressman to die from COVID is not only a Texan, but also represented the city of Mansfield. Ron Wright passed away Sunday night after an 18-day battle with the coronavirus. Wright had been in quarantine since January 15th and then went public six days later when he announced that he had tested positive after coming in contact with an individual with the virus. Congressional records show that his final House vote before being quarantined was voting against the impeachment of President Donald Trump. Wright's District 6 covers parts of Fort Worth and Arlington, all of Mansfield, and Ellis and Navarro counties. Mansfield property owners may recall writing checks in Mr. Wright's name between 2011 and 2018, as he was the Tarrant County tax assessor collector. Representative Ron Wright was 67. Officer Randy Watson, a 26-year veteran with the Mansfield Police Department, suffered an off-duty tragic crash on his way to work on Tuesday, February 2nd. Watson was traveling northbound on his motorcycle on FM 2738 in Alvarado when a vehicle traveling in in the opposite direction, attempted to pass a school bus in a no-passing zone. Police Chief Tracy Aaron stated in a release published on social media that while the vehicle was attempting to overtake the school bus, he entered Watson's lane head-on. The Chevrolet Silverado pickup collided with Watson's Harley-Davidson motorcycle, as well as one other vehicle. Watson was struck on the left side of his body and his motorcycle, then skid several hundred feet before coming to a stop in a ditch. Officer Watson suffered severe damage to his left leg and underwent emergency surgery that resulted in the loss of his leg. Watson serves as the lead range master for the Mansfield Police Department and will return to work with the assistance of a prosthetic leg. Randy and his family are now faced with the loss of his off-duty income as well as many unexpected expenses. You can help the Watson family by making a donation at backtheblueHQ.com. Again, that is backtheblueHQ.com. We will post a link to that website on our website, aboutmansfield.com, 
under the Links tab. The list of candidates for School Board of Trustees grew a little bit this week as Philip DeGroote filed to run for place two against incumbent Desiree Thomas and contender Yolanda McPherson. DeGroote ran head-to-head against Todd Tenori for City Council place six in November, taking 49 percent of the votes. There are now 12 candidates vying for three school board seats. The last day to file for candidacy is Friday, February 12th at 5 p.m. And Colleen, on the City Council front, businessman George Fassett has thrown his hat into the ring, having filed on Monday to run against incumbent Mike Lehman. Fassett was unsuccessful in his run for mayor last November, taking in just under 16 percent of the votes. The Feed the Need benefit took place over the weekend here in Mansfield and benefiting the Mansfield Mission Center. And with us on the telephone is the executive director of the Mansfield Mission Center. That is Carmen McMillan. Uh, Carmen, I would assume you were downtown on Saturday. What was it like? Oh, Steve, it was amazing. The local businesses came up with this wonderful idea. None of us can take credit for it at the Mission Center. It was really the brainchild of the businesses downtown with uh, the historic uh, downtown Mansfield Business Association. Am I saying that correctly? The HMBA. They decided that they wanted to do a benefit to raise food and funds to help those in need in our community. And historically, there have been different places that have done that kind of in connection with Super Bowl Sunday. And so they took the opportunity to come up with this new event. It was really overwhelming. They were very creative to invite city council members to have a bit of a competition to help raise both funds and food. And so each of the council members took an opportunity to either host their own drive at one of the local businesses or come on down and make a donation. And so it was just really humbling and inspiring, um, really, to see our community come together. Was there a winning council member? There is. The, The totals are still coming in. So I don't have that yet. Um, My goal is to have that by the end of the day today, and then uh, we'll be able to share it. But I would say three or four times easily the amount that we we anticipated, um, or even more so. We we had no idea what to expect, and our box truck was parked at the corner down by Shivers, the snow cone place, and the back of the box truck that we used for thrift store donations was was full. And in fact, others in the community were taking donations directly to our market to stock the shelves there, and it was really an overwhelming amount. On behalf of the Mission Center, is there anybody or a group of people that you would like to say thanks? Well, on behalf of the Mission Center, I'm going to say a huge thank you to all of the council members. Um, each one of them contributed in significant ways. Uh, Representative David Cook uh, was out and shopping and, and delivering food uh, to the market as well. Others in the community uh, who have run for office but are still uh, really active and promoting um, all of the, the good work and efforts that are happening across the city, uh, those folks came out. Uh, local businesses that come to mind, in particular, Mary Lude, Flying Squirrel, Aria Grace, and Andy Mack, uh, Candy Shack. Those folks really went above and beyond. Paisley Grace uh, did some great discounts for shoppers if they came in and, and donated food as well. El Primo's, uh, Todd Tenori, they hosted a food drive there as well. And to all of the folks uh, across Mansfield that came and ate and shopped and, and brought food to all of these these places, I mean, that was really uh, what it was all about, was engaging the whole community. So, yeah, just huge thanks to everyone. Is there anything you want to add before we say goodbye? 
I will say this, you know, one thing that's, that's unique about Mansfield Mission Center um, with our food is that it's not just about food. That's usually the first entry point where someone is needing some assistance from our organization, but we don't stop there. We're really wanting to understand what the situation is with a family that really kind of brings them to this kind of need and to try to address it. So we're feeding people, but we're also uh, working with families so that, you know, at some point they may not need that assistance any longer, whether it's a new job or a better job. We really want to see families thrive. That's what our organization is all about. So it may look like one can of food, but it's so, so much more. Mansfield City Council had a meeting on Monday night, a regular scheduled meeting. And with us here in the studio is the mayor. It's a a new feature here on on the podcast, A Moment with the Mayor. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Steve. It's good to be here today. Actually, for those who are listening to the podcast on demand, it could be evening. I don't know, but uh, it is 7.45 on a Tuesday morning, and it's a little misty outside, and you guys met last night. Yes. Uh, actually, we had an outstanding uh, meeting on last night. Uh, we learned a lot about uh, just the good things that's taking place in our in our city. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity just to shed light on the great things that's taking place in the city of Mansfield. We're going to touch on a couple of the topics that you covered last night. One was the intern program for uh, for school uh, students. And tell us uh, tell us about the intern program. Uh, yes, I, I sure want to thank. Uh, Miss Nicolette Allen, uh, who helps to lead up that program. What we're doing is we're inviting uh, our students from uh, MISD to come in and just to see uh, the workings of the city. Uh, People need to know uh, how we do what we do. And uh, not only that, but uh, I believe that we have some uh, aspiring uh, young people out there who uh, are interested in uh, just civil engineering, uh, the work of the city manager, uh, the water works and all of that, everything that takes place uh, in regard to uh, the life of uh, the city of Mansfield. And uh, we're happy about that. And it also, uh, what I appreciate about what Nicolette is doing is that uh, the, the as she works with the school district and, and they uh, talk to young people about uh, who we are, it also opens up the opportunity for uh, diverse voices and, and people to come in and just to actually ask us those hard questions about why do we do what we do. And Nicolette works in the city manager's office along with Bernadette, and they also put together, they've got the intern program, they've got the My University, and then there was also the HOA program. Yes. And yes, the, the goal of of, of our city uh, leadership, the goal of, of the staff, the goal of the mayor and council is to really get closer to our residents. And by that, I mean, uh, we want to make sure that our residents know that their voice matters and that their opinion matters. And of course, the only way that you can do that is by inviting them in and then uh, for us as well to uh, answer the invitation uh, to come to them. So you'll have uh, on a quarterly basis where the HOAs uh, come together, HOA presidents come together, and they just really talk to us about uh, what uh, is going on in their uh, neighborhoods and communities. And and one thing that I've learned, it's not all complaints. Uh, There are a 
lot of compliments uh, that uh, the city receives, and uh, and that's just good both ways. You honored uh, Mansfield Police Officer Randy Watson last night. Talk, talk about uh, what's going on with that. We did. Uh, we wanted uh, Officer Watson and, and his lovely wife to know, his family to know, that um, they're not in this fight alone. So uh, we have T-shirts. Matter of fact, it's being uh, generated through the um, police department. Uh, we appreciate the chief, uh, Chief Aaron, and uh, his wife, uh, Sherry, and as they uh, were, were helping us to know that um, not only is Officer uh, Watson grateful for the outpouring of love that uh, he is receiving, and of course, it is well earned and and due uh, this young man, of course, and and his entire family. But there's also a fundraiser, uh, Steve, that is is taking place and. For those who would like to uh, donate uh, to uh, that particular cause, just need call uh, the police station, and uh, they will definitely get um, someone who will allow them to participate in this effort. We want to make sure that our officers know, men and women, and especially in this case, that they are not alone. And uh, that's what we're attempting to demonstrate. And then the council last night was uh, taking a little closer look at utilities and helping Mansfield citizens save a, a few bucks. Yes, uh, a, a few bucks. Yeah, a, a lot of bucks. Uh, the council, as a matter of fact, unanimously approved an ordinance uh, authorizing the issuance of the uh, sale of the city of Mansfield, the waterworks and sewer system revenue bonds. I'm not going to get into all the particulars. Here's the bottom line, that uh, through that uh, refinancing of the $7.8 million in the utility system debt, that debt was issued in 2009 and uh, in 2011. And, and based upon uh, what uh, took place and what we voted on on last night, uh, we saved uh, our taxpayers right at about $1.2, $1.3 million uh, over the over a 10-year period. So about $133,000 a year. And, and what's good about that is that those dollars uh, are actually turned over, reinvested back into the system. So uh, when you have breakdowns or, or maintenance uh, in our infrastructure, in particular water utilities and otherwise, then we are not we don't have to borrow as much money, if any, uh, which is good stewardship. And also uh, this 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 helps us to keep our rates uh, down. Now, you know, somebody listening might say, well, heck, my rates are up now. Uh, here's what's important to note, though, uh, that we have not raised utility rates in. Get this. 10 years. Yeah, we have not raised utility rates in the city of Mansfield in 10 years. And, and, and that's important. So uh, there are other creative things that uh, we're hoping to do with these savings as well that will benefit the taxpayer. And now you're saving another million something over the next 10 years. Yes, sir. That's, yes, a, sir. that's a few bucks. It, it is a few bucks. And, and a poor guy like me, it's a lot of bucks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I hope again that uh, our, uh, our citizenry, our residents really see that uh, we're trying to deliver to them the best service. And, and that's what uh, our citizens deserve here in Mansfield. Well, Mr. Mayor, we'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you in two weeks. And thank you. Keep up the good work, sir. It's time right now for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist and answers your questions about the place that you call home. And instead of being in the comfort of his home, today we find Terry reporting from the garage. Terry? We've got a question today from James who says, love your segment. I would like to apply a decorative non-slip finish to my garage floor, but I have some work to do first. The bare cement floor has a few cracks in it. 
but also has a few areas that resemble small craters, which occasionally generates a white dust. What can I do to prevent future craters, and then what would you recommend I seal the floor with? Thanks for the love and for the question, James. What it sounds like you have in those craters is efflorescence, which is essentially tiny little crystals of salt from the water used to mix the concrete when it was poured. It's usually pretty easy to clean up as a part of your prep process for your floor coating, but the unfortunate part is that because it's in the water, it's in just about all the concrete from top to bottom. The best you can hope for is to clean and repair the divots, and the non-slip coating you apply should keep it contained from there. The simplest way to get rid of the efflorescence you're seeing is with acid, and the mildest acid you could use is common household vinegar. A really nasty case might require the use of muriatic acid, the kind you use in the swimming pool to balance the pH of the water, but since it seems like your case is fairly mild, the vinegar should do the trick. Get the loose powder out of the holes with a vacuum, then simply pour some vinegar into each crater, let it work for a few minutes, then sprinkle a little baking soda onto it to neutralize the acid. After that, rinse thoroughly with water and let it dry. Following that, you'll apply a concrete bonding adhesive to the holes, let it dry, and then use a cement patch. I prefer using a dry compound that you can mix with distilled water to prevent future efflorescence in the patch. Get the patch as flush as you can, you might have to sand it, and then you're ready for the coating. As far as what to seal the concrete with before applying the coating, well, that'll depend on what the coating manufacturer recommends. Some may say it's okay to seal the pores of the concrete before applying, and some may suggest that you etch the entire surface before applying the coating with a product that they suggest. Without knowing what coating you're using, it's hard for me to say, but my general rule is, as always, follow directions. I know it's not in our nature as guys to do that, but experience has taught me the hard way that a little preparation beforehand means that you only have to do the job once, and obviously that saves time and materials in the end. Now, when it comes to preventing future craters, hopefully your coating will help keep damage from happening. Most of those holes come as a result of impact, so you may want to put down some cushion mats in your work area. Thanks for writing, James. And if you've got a question or a problem that needs solving, get it to me. Email me through the podcast or visit my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. We'll talk again soon. Reporting in Mansfield for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist, Terry Radswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that's askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Today we start a new feature here on the podcast, the Cocktail of the Week. Whether you like it dry or sweet, shaken or stirred, cocktail expert Brian Certain has the answer. Let's pour one up right now. Brian? Each week, I will be bringing you a cocktail of the week for you to try at home with your friends and family, of course, in a socially distant and responsible way. And to start off this segment, I thought that we would begin, like any good dinner party, with setting the table, so to speak. A question I get asked a lot is, what do I need to make a good cocktail at home? So I'm going to run through the things that I have in my home bar for the making and prep of great cocktails. I have a blog post up on the bourbongospel.com website if you want to find the links to and the entire list that I have uh, about to share with you. 
First thing you need is you need a great shaker. I have several in my collection um, as to not cross-contaminate my cocktails when I'm making multiple different cocktails. My favorite that I bought last year is made by Elevated Craft. What makes it my favorite is that it's a double-insulated container that includes um, a top that has all the measurements inside and a resealable top that has a strainer built in. It's especially great if you're making a pre-made cocktail and taking Taking it to a party. My daily shaker is a shaker made by Boston Shakers, and these are your traditional aluminum shakers that you see in any bar you've ever walked into. The next thing you need is you need a good strainer. My favorite is made by a company called Poor Man's Kitchen, and it not only has a strainer, but it also has a sieve to catch not only the ice, but any herbs and pulp that you've created in your cocktail. And of course, any good cocktail shaker uh, that you can buy on Amazon works as well. The next thing that most people underestimate is the value of a great bar spoon. Whenever a recipe calls for a drink to be stirred, you'll never regret having a great spoon like this. Of course, you need some type of a measurement system or a jigger system. There are many of them out there. I'll put a link into several that I enjoy. But basically, this is more about your style of how your home is decorated and what works best for you. The next thing I find you need is a good bar mat. Having a good bar mat will provide you a stable surface in which to prepare your cocktails without worrying about spilling. Next thing is a Lewis bag. A Lewis bag is a a canvas or leather-made bag that should be heavy enough to stand. You're hitting it with a mallet or some type of a small utensil to crush a hand crush your ice for your craft cocktails. Speaking of ice, you also want a nice chisel or a nice pick because you will inevitably need to break up some large chunks of ice. Now, my Father-in-law likes to use his muddler for that. I tend to use my muddler to muddle my cocktails, but he uses it solely to break up ice in the ice tray. But a muddler is key for cocktails like a mojito or a whiskey smash, and this tool allows you to break down your fruits and your aromatics like basil and mint into your cocktails. You need a great corkscrew or a bottle opener. Whatever you decide is your opener of choice, my recommendation is practice. Know how it works. Know how to use it on a regular basis. You need a great cocktail or paring knife. If you want to use one of your regular paring knives in your knife collection, that's great. But having one that's designated for cocktails always makes sure that it's available and clean. You also, I would recommend a zester or a grate or channel knife. Usually this is an all-in-one product that allows you to make the fruit and get your peels of orange and your, your segments and grating of the rind of a cocktail just to give the aromatics in that cocktail. Of course, with your knives, you need a great cutting board. It's always handy to have also as an additional serving tray. You need a mixing glass. A mixing glass is used in those cocktails where you're preparing the cocktail before putting it into your final glass. Most of the time in bars, you'll see bartenders using a mixing glass to prepare that cocktail, and then they actually then pour it into the final glass because of cleaning and prep. Now, cherries are something that are used in a lot of different cocktails. Now, my personal brand is the Lazardo Cherries, which comes out of Italy, dates back to the 1870s. If you've never tried a Lazardo Cherry, you'll thank me later. 
So that's kind of the basics that I put together for my list. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input of something that you might want to add to the list. And you can always reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Ted Allen says, life is too short to drink cheap booze. Reporting for bourbongospel.com and the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Thank you, Brian, and welcome to the team. It's good to have you aboard. If you would like to hear the full report on Brian's Setting Up Your Bar report, which includes tips on bitters, tonic, ginger beer, glassware, and how to become your own bar champion, log on to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the podcasts link. You'll find his report underneath this episode. Well, Sunday is Valentine's Day. Let's see if Mother Nature is going to allow us for a romantic picnic in the park, Alexa. If a picnic in the park is what's going to warm the cockles of your heart, you'd better bring along a parka as Sunday will be the coldest day of the week. In Mansfield for the next seven days, showers on Wednesday and Thursday. Expect very cold weather Friday through Sunday, with clouds again on Monday. Daytime highs will range between 31 and 46 degrees Fahrenheit, peaking on Wednesday. Look for a high of 31 degrees on Sunday, Valentine's Day. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns need no irrigation this week. That's right, sprinklers should remain off this week. There is a chance of rain midweek with deep freeze temperatures this weekend. Be sure to protect your people, pets, pipes, and plants. You can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. The Save Tarrant Water organization is offering free virtual classes and workshops this spring. Topics include DIY rainwater harvesting, landscape design, and spring vegetable gardening. Check out SaveTarrantWater.com for a list of upcoming events and to sign up for the monthly newsletter so you'll be the first to know about new opportunities. Congratulations to Kayla Back, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who is second in command to the city manager, and what is their title? According to the City of Mansfield website, Deputy City Manager Shelley Lanners is second in command to City Manager Joe Smolinski. Kayla has won a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden and Grill. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden and Grill, located at 223 Depot Street in downtown historic Mansfield. Steaks, burgers, barbecue, and much, much more. You can check out their menu and their hours on the web at Stevens Garden and Grill. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the Jerry Knight STEM Academy was created in Mansfield to teach learners with an advanced academics focus. This week's question is, what does STEM stand for? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what does the acronym STEM stand for? Good luck, and thanks to Jan and John at Stevens for the gift card. Coming up after the break, Steve gathers up a group of hungry friends and talks about six tacos in six days. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. 
Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do it yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30 minute consultation at 817. 817- 913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip the face-off spot, and daughter of the other woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70-proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. Ooh, what the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find Cold Hammer Stills. Find liqueurs at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Why are you in such a hurry? November 7th, 2000. Remember that date. Over 20 years ago, it was the last day there were no traffic deaths on Texas highways. Over 20 years ago. Why are you in such a hurry? The Center for Transportation Safety at the Texas A&M Transportation Institute reports that despite a massive drop in crashes, Texas has seen a rise in speed-related road deaths during the pandemic. Why are you in such a hurry? In a study conducted by the Car Insurance Comparison, an objective third-party resource for everything auto insurance related, Texas ranked number three in the country in states with the worst drivers category, a dubious title that Texans have earned nine times out of the last 10 years. Why are you in such a hurry? In an article published in Psychology Today, One researcher's findings equates the need for speed to a psychological disorder. Sarah Redshaw of the University of Western Sydney, who had been publishing research into driving for many years, was quoted as saying, Individuals whose speed are taking in terms of something they can't control. It can be an uncontrollable impulse. If there could be such a thing as speed addiction, it would need to be dealt with like other addictions. Why are you in such a hurry? 
Simple math shows that on a 30-mile commute, driving 80 miles per hour saves you only three and a half minutes over driving 70 miles an hour. Three and a half minutes. Why are you in such a hurry? Having left their destination five minutes earlier with no desire to speed, no need to pass a school bus in a no-passing zone, with the optimism of reaching their destination with plenty of time to spare, could have prevented a head-on collision with Mansfield Police Officer Randy Watson last week, resulting in the amputation of the officer's left leg. Now, I don't know Officer Watson, never met the man, but he works for the blue team, and to me, that makes him one of the good guys. So I repeat, why are you in such a hurry? That's my opinion. What's yours? In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical dental eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And because Valentine's Day is coming up here in just a couple of days, uh, we thought we would do something a little bit different in this talk segment instead of just bringing in a guest into the studio to talk one-on-one. We actually have a group of people, and they're all on Zoom today, so um, we're going to be talking about tacos. And the concept that was put together... It was called Six Tacos in Six Days. So that's the name of the, the segment here that we're doing here. The taco, Mexican food in its most simplistic form. You simply heat up a corn tortilla so it's pliable and you load it up with goodies. I mean, how, how simple is that? Um, so the concept here was to take six people to eat a total of six tacos each from six different locations. We omitted chains and large sit-down restaurants. In fact, the word taco joint or taqueria were preferred. And we started with a team of three. Myself was one of them. Mansfield resident, and he's a Yelp expert, and he's a rock star. You can listen to his episode seven on the About Mansfield. We interviewed Ted Wood back in uh, episode seven, if you want to hear him. Ted, say hello to uh, the listening audience. Hey, Mansfield. And then the third person that we added to our group is the executive director of the Mansfield Mission Center, and she's also a rock star. And you can listen to her interview on About Mansfield if you go back in the archives, episode 33. Carmen McMillan, say hello to the listening audience. Hello, everyone. Now, the three of us, Ted and Carmen and myself, the first objective here was to choose a taco buddy. And so each of us are going to introduce our taco buddies. I'll start with mine. She is a Mansfield High School graduate, undoubtedly one of the best amateur female golfers in the state of Texas. I also consider her to be a rock star. Rachel Smith, say hello. Hello, Mansfield. Ted Wood, introduce your taco buddy. Well, this one was kind of easy for me to pick out. Uh, I picked my partner in crime back from my Yelp reviewing days and one of the most comprehensive foodies I know. The lovely Miss Heather Sanchez. Hello, Hello, everyone. Carmen, introduce your taco buddy. So my taco buddy is Lindsay Truck. Uh, Lindsay is the director of development for the Mansfield Mission Center. 
she and I had uh, a number of enjoyable lunches and dinners uh, over the last five and a half years of working together. Steve, I got to ask you a question. If I can call Lindsay out on something that was kind of relevant to your introduction. Do it. (laughs) But I'm just going to call this out because when Lindsay gives her description of the tacos, y'all need to know. Lindsay doesn't eat corn tortillas. <laughs> no. <laughs> this was just hilarious. I completely forgot about it. I think she had great success uh, with her choices though anyway, and I will stop there. <laughs> Actually, I did step out of the box. And when my partner went down and I was flying solo tasting tacos, I did have some in a corn tortilla. And as Lindsay said, the uh, uh, your your partner fell a little short because Carmen fell under the weather after the first day of, of tacos. So was, Carmen is here really for support and to talk about her first day of, of eating tacos. Carmen, you're feeling better? I feel great. Excellent. Yeah, I lost my sense of taste, uh, not taco-related, COVID-related after, after the first taste test. But uh, fortunately, I've had the chance to eat at a lot of these places before, and so excited to go back and try them again. <laughs> So we have our team of six, uh, Ted and Heather, Carmen and Lindsay, myself and Rachel. And so all six of us got to choose one eatery each. And then it was up to all six of us to sample tacos at all six locations within six days. Now, COVID did play into our project as a couple of locations were either closed for the day or maybe they closed a little bit early uh, due to the pandemic, but we persevered. And so now we're going to talk about the eateries and why we chose those eateries. And uh, I will go ahead and start. The eatery that I chose is Little Angels Taqueria. It's at the corner of Matlock and Country Club inside the Chevron convenience store. And I chose Little Angels because last year in the, the first part of 2020, my recording studio where we record this podcast was located right up on Country Club Drive. And Little Angels was the only restaurant within walking distance of the studio. And I used to go down to this taqueria and walk away just just shaking my head. These tacos are so good. And uh, uh, Moises is the owner. Super, super nice guy. And uh, you can either go in and take your food to go or they have drive through. Little Angels Taqueria was my choice. Rachel, what did you choose and why? So for my restaurant, I decided to choose Habaneros, which is off of Debbie Lane and 157, close to the Performing Arts Center, I believe. And I chose Habaneros because I kept reading such great reviews about that place from the variety of the food to the quality to the freshness. And I thought, what a better time to try Habaneros than during Taco Week as a part of this group. And I I really enjoyed it. And I would definitely go back there again. Ted, what was your choice? Chose Main Street Tacos, which is on Main Street in downtown historic Mansfield. And the reason I chose them was uh, I've spent numerous Friday nights downtown, um, part of a group that hosts Trivia Dirty Job Brewing. And when I get down there, I'd normally be hungry. So it was just a couple uh, steps down the, down the way from uh, the brewery. And I would go in and load up on tacos before I would do my uh, trivia presentation. And I just grew to love it. Heather? I chose El Huero that is located um, off of Bennett Lawson, just south of FM 1187. And um, 
the main reason I'll be perfectly honest is I'm kind of a tortilla snob. So um, that's the only place uh, in the area that makes all of their tortillas homemade in-house fresh right when you order your tacos. So um, that, and they have a, a very unique variety of different meats that you can't find a lot of other places. Um, so just a real gem kind of in the very far corner of Mansfield. Carmen, what did you choose? I chose Main Street Tacos and More, uh, which is located inside the Chevron station at the corner of Main Street and uh, Pleasant Ridge. I love this place. It's across the street from where I live, and uh, we get breakfast tacos from there quite a lot uh, for work. Um, and I've had lunch there a couple of times, so I was excited to, to go back and try it again. And Lindsay, what did you choose? Last, last one. I chose Casa Hacaranda. Um, so my family calls it um, Casa J's and it's on the corner of Walnut Creek and Country Club. And I chose that because it's a new-ish restaurant. They had their original location, um, but but started in Mansfield recently. So I love to support local and it's so convenient. It's right off of the street that I live off of there on Country Club. And so my family frequents there because it's wonderful tacos and super convenient. So I wanted everyone else to be able to try them as well. All right. So we have the six locations, uh, Habaneros, Little Angels, El Huero, Main Street Tacos, Casa Jacaranda, and Main Street Tacos and more. Let's start with Main Street Tacos and more. Let's talk tacos. What do you think, Ted? One uh, one thing I did through the whole challenge was I tried to limit it to the same style and type of meat. So I always did pistor at all my stops. Uh, and that was my go-to at Main Street uh, Tacos and more. Ordered that uh, on a corn tortilla, of course. Um, healthy dose of meat. It was fairly moist. Uh, wasn't dry at all. Had a good flavor. Um, their salsas were very nice. Uh, good amount of kick to it. Uh, very small place. Uh, they have one table inside with two seats. So uh, plan accordingly, um, meaning eat in your car if you need to. Uh, but I was uh, very happy with it. I would definitely go back. And Heather? Yeah, like Ted said, we, we both stuck to, to just having the pastor everywhere we went. So for continuity, one thing that I really stood out about um, Main Street Tacos and more is that they had the yellow corn tortillas, which I personally really love and prefer over the white corn. Salsa was amazing. Um, customer service was great as well. He gave us a sampling of everything that we asked for. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Let's move on to Habaneros. Um, Lindsay, what did, what did you have? Yes, um, I was going to, I'm glad you called on me next. I was going to jump in there because this is a place that I had not eaten before. Our six tacos and six days journey began. And I'll have to say this is where I did um, order the the street taco with every all the toppings on. And I forgot to tell them to do them in flour tortillas. So I had the double corn um, and it was wonderful. I would definitely go back there and eat it again. So this has broadened my horizons. It was just very fresh. I mean, the cilantro and onions that they put on the top was great. So this is going to be one of my new favorite stops. Rachel? 
So at Habaneros, I got the uh, steak taco and I also uh, did the vegetarian taco just to compare the difference. And that was the first place that I had noticed, um, one of the places that I noticed that had a vegetarian option. And even though I'm not a vegetarian myself, I have several friends who are. So I wanted to try the vegetarian taco and see what I thought about it. And the vegetarian taco, instead of meat, like beef or chicken, they used skillet potatoes and that was really good. And it had cheese and lettuce on it. And the flavor was really good. I would definitely recommend that to anyone who was vegetarian or wanted to try something a little different. And the steak taco, the seasoning on the steak was excellent. And I would absolutely get that one again. And I opted for green salsa on both of the tacos. And that was just the right amount of heat for me. And I really liked them a lot. The next location that we're going to talk about, um, it is definitely the first time I had been there. And I know uh, Rachel had said the same thing. El Huero out on the the west side of Mansfield up off 1187. Let me see. What did I have at El Huero? The barbacoa and the carnitas tacos from there. And oh, the service and uh, the service was outstanding. I would assume it was the uh, uh, the female, the uh, the wife was working up front at the register. The menu, if I recall, is mostly in Spanish, but that should not sway you because uh, everybody knows what a taco is. Ted, what did you think of El Huero? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely my virgin visit to there, and. Um... I was really impressed. Uh, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, a good sized facility, a lot of seating, um, large menu boards, and like you said, everything was pretty much in Spanish. Uh, but luckily, with the lovely Miss Sanchez with me, she was able to translate. Service was quick. There was a line out the door, and this was I think we were there probably around twelve thirty uh, lunch hours. They're only open till three during the week, so they definitely uh, you know serve the lunch crowd, and it showed. Um, Open kitchen, which I really appreciate. You can see everything that's going on. They sell meat by the pound. So there was, you know, a lot of activity back there of them putting orders together and, and just shredding and chopping and, and getting things together. Corn tortilla is very fresh, very fresh, really good. You can taste the roasted corn a little bit. And uh, it, was, it was delicious. And Heather, this was your location that you chose. Uh, explain your experience. This is the kind of taco place that I'm accustomed to going to a small, you know, family owned, um, efficient, uh, like, like Ted said, they, they were machines there with that line out. Cause we went on, um, a Saturday morning. So, you know, people were coming in and just taking bag loads of pounds and pounds of meat home to, to eat. And they have a lot of sometimes intimidating meats at some of these places for, um, I think the average person that's not accustomed to eating some of these cuts and, uh, but they also offer a wide variety of, of meats. And I think, um, that's something that uh, people in Mansfield could appreciate. Everything was great. I, I loved their salsa. They reminded me of, you know, the ones we make at home. And again, uh, just a big tortilla snob. So um, I love that you could see them actually making all of the tortillas there on the grill with the, the open kitchen. And uh, it just kind of takes the taco to another level for me when they're homemade. Let's talk about Little Angels. They're at the corner of um, Country Club and Matlock there in the gas station. And I'll go ahead and start since I chose the uh, the restaurant. Uh, again, barbacoa t- tends to be one of my favorite uh, uh, street tacos. So I had the barbacoa and the brisket tacos. And the reason, I, again, why I chose Little Angels is, is because 
it's it's just my go-to for street tacos. I live probably less than five minutes from there. I used to work within walking distance. You do get the double tortillas. And with that, uh, for every taco that you get, whether it's um, uh, the barbacoa, the brisket, the chicken, they also have lengua, which is tongue. Uh, you also then get the chopped onion and the cilantro and a, a little wedge of lime. And um, it, it was just fabulous. And if I recall, Rachel had something similar and, and had a similar experience. So at Little Angels, I ordered a brisket taco and a chicken taco. And the flavor on that was really good. And mine also had the cilantro and onions on it. And I thought that was a really nice flavor. And one thing I noticed at Little Angels, I'd never seen it before, but when you placed your order, they actually dipped a little bit, one small corner of the tortilla in butter. And then they put it on the grill. And I thought how unusual that was because I've never seen that before. And the owner explained that keeps the tortilla will not dry out as you're eating your taco. And I'm like, what a really nice touch. I I never would have thought to do that. And then on my tacos, they had the green salsa on them. And it was the right amount of spice, not too spicy, but not too bland. It was just a nice blend. And I really liked Little Angels, too. What'd you think, Lindsay? Yes. So I'm a big fan. I live within a mile from this place. So um, I do enjoy theirs. I had um, chicken tacos. So I picked these up for the family. I thought the chicken was and always very well seasoned and fresh with the cilantro and the onions. And the green salsa is good. And it's not, oftentimes I feel like the salsa with street tacos um, can be pretty spicy, but this one was nice and moderate with the flavor and the spice. So for um, picking up for the whole family was great. Kids love it too. And they're so fast. Um, and the drive through is fantastic. So you can get your food and it's fresh and good quality, but really a speedy process. So I appreciate that. So the next location, Rachel and I had a little problem with because, uh, We found out when we went there for lunch on Monday that they're closed on Mondays. So we decided then we would go there for dinner on Tuesday and they were closed for COVID protocols. They are now open. So we went to their other location in Venus and that we're talking about Casa Jacaranda. The location in Venus is their original location. Lindsay, you you chose Casa Jacaranda as your choice for us to to sample. What uh, what did you try there, and how did you uh, like it? The go to there is the Barbacoa Street Tacos. Um, so I did mix mine up from location to location as far as what I was trying, but hands down, I think that's one of um, the best ones. And um, normally uh, they're open. Um, and, and not having to be temporarily closed. So that was a little hinder this week, but hopefully that's not the case in the future. It's always fresh. And as you've mentioned of some of the other locations, you can see them preparing it. So it's open to where they're cooking everything. So you watch them prepare it um, from start to finish at the Mansfield location. Heather, what did you think? Yeah, I, uh, I, I did make the drive out to Venus as well to the, the original location. And um I, I really enjoyed it. I hadn't even been to this place. Ted had been trying to get me to go when they first opened the original location in Venus. Again, the double tortilla, the flavoring was spot on. Uh, we actually, I didn't see pastor on the menu. So I got an asada and a barbacoa 
both really good, good ratio of meat and fat, which I think is important in a taco. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to going to the one that's a little closer when they um, when they're a little more stable with their hours. Rachel, what do you think? I, I enjoyed the trip down to Venus. Um, I really did. I haven't actually been to Venus in years, so I enjoyed taking a little road trip with you to go try the original Casa Jacaranda. I had the chorizo taco and the barbacoa taco, and the flavor was excellent on both of those. It had the right amount of seasoning, and the amount of meat in each taco was really good. Not too much, not too light. And the tortillas were fresh and overall they were both very nice tacos. And I look forward to going to the Casa Jacaranda in Mansfield and I really liked them. The one thing that the Venus location offers that the Mansfield location does not, they have a little bakery there and pan de dulce, which is sweet bread, traditional Mexican sweet bread. Now, just because they were closed for COVID does not reduce my opinion of Casa Jacaranda. I think they are one of the best Mexican restaurants if you, uh, uh, if you like chicken mole. And the chilaquiles are outstanding, especially when you have the, uh, uh, the chorizo on top with, with the green salsa. Maybe a little hot for most tastes, but uh, it's outstanding, Casa Jacaranda. And finally, let's go to our final location now, Main Street Tacos. Carmen, you haven't spoken in a while because you only went to one of these these eateries, but um, are you hungry? I am so hungry right now, <laughs> and my taste is back, so I've got a lot of catching up to do, apparently. Pastor, um, absolutely delicious. Uh, it was the first time I'd had those um, at Main Street Tacos. Um, the pineapple, um, the extremely spicy salsa, um, everything was completely delicious. So, yeah, that was the one place that I was able to enjoy. Excellent. Ted? Uh, my go-to always there is the uh, pastor. I do like the grilled onions as well, and you can even get them with cheese if you'd like. Uh, another nice uh, bonus is they'll give you a grilled serrano uh, with your plate. So if you are a fan of heat, uh, that goes really well with, uh, with the tacos. I love their green sauce. Aside from another local chain establishment that's known for their green sauce, this is hands down the best uh, that I had at any of the six joints. Uh, the meat, very healthy, most heavily seasoned with the pastor that we had, uh, which I love. Um, I really never noticed the pineapple before until Heather pointed it out. And uh, it does give a nice um, depth to the, the overall flavor, uh, you know, a little offset from all the heat and the spice that's going on. So you get that sweetness. Uh, and it was really good. It's, it gets busy. So, you know, plan accordingly as well. Uh, there was a good line there, but they were quick in getting the food out. And uh, it was a really good experience. So those are the six locations that we covered in six days. Main Street Tacos and more. Casa Jacaranda, Little Angels Taqueria, El Huero, Habaneros, and Main Street Tacos. I'm just going to open this up to the floor. Is there anybody that wants to add a, a parting comment before we say goodbye? The only thing that I would add is make sure that you check the hours for these establishments if you plan to visit. Uh, a few of them close at three daily. Um, some maybe just temporarily only open for dinner hours. So plan accordingly. And I'll add also that some of the restaurants I noticed had online ordering 
So if you have a busy day or you don't want to eat inside the restaurant for whatever reason, online ordering would be an excellent option. Rachel and Ted and Heather and Carmen and Lindsay, this was a, a very fun project. I'm glad everybody got to go out. Carmen, I'm sorry you got sick and you only got to try one restaurant, but uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of Six Tacos in Six Days. Again, as we're leading up to Valentine's Day, nothing says romance more than saying Happy Valentine's Day by taking your sweetheart to a taco joint for dinner. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News, Talk, and Information. We will talk in studio with Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams. The show will be released on Wednesday, February 17th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap, Casey Lewis. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-Production Editing, Mixing and Mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.